Welcome to the Discover Your Ann podcast. This podcast will highlight unique opportunities and exciting topics about the College of Arts and Sciences at Mississippi State University. The College of Arts and Sciences is the largest college at MSU and we have majors in every subject area. Our students learn about the physical sciences, the social sciences, and the humanities, which we feel prepares our students for all types of careers and graduate programs. And it's what encourages our students to discover their and. Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the Discover Your And podcast. I'm your host, Hannah, and today we are speaking with senior chemistry and history double major, Meg Walker. And I'm your host, Ava. Meg, we are so happy to have you with us today. We're really looking forward to learning more about your experience as a double major at MSU. But first, could you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and what you do on campus? Hi, I'm Meg Walker. Thanks so much for having me today. Um, like I said, I'm a senior chemistry history double major. I am involved in CASA, which is our College of Arts and Sciences Ambassadors, where we get to tell incoming students about what it's like to go to MSU. Um, I'm in a sorority on campus, and last year I served as director of scholarship for our National Panhellenic Council. So that was my, you know, big crowning achievement <laughs> as, an, as an MSU student. Um, I'm also on the student conduct board, which means that I sit in on hearings when people break the rules and tell them what their punishment's going to be. And I am in the College of Democrats, and my first semester I was in choir for one whole semester. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you're very involved <laughs> on top of your double major. Um, so before we kind of get started with talking a little bit more about that, we figured we would start with an icebreaker like we usually do. So Meg, if you could choose any song to be your walkout song, what would it be? I've been thinking about this question. I had a little inkling that it might show up. And so my, my song is Bruce Springsteen, Dancing in the Dark. Um, it's a jam. <laughs> Ava, what would yours be? Oh gosh. Well, see, I was thinking about this because I was like, Hannah's going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I really like Independent Women by Destiny's Child. That song just like exudes like self-independence and like self-confidence. And that's, a, that's something that I try to have. So I think that would be my walkout song. What would be yours? So I have a walkout song. I had one. It was Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. When I played kickball with my grad school friends, we played in the Starfield community. We decided to go all out and we all came up with a walkout song. So that was mine. And we were the only team to do that. So we thought we were really cool. Meg, we have another question for you. What is your favorite emoji and why? <laughs> and why okay so my the one that I, this the one that I use that I don't see anyone else use as much as I do is the one with the dollar signs for the eyes and I just imagine that guy going like hey and I think that's funny <laughs> and, but people don't I'm the only one that uses that emoji I also like star eyes and laughing until crying those are my top three those are some good ones so tell us a little bit about what it's like to be a double major between history and chemistry. So for me, it's the best combination of my interests and of kind of giving myself, like both has my brain a chance to work, you know, so it's like, it's not, 
if you were a chemistry and a physics major, to me, that sounds like double on top of double. But for me, mine is more, it feels very balanced. And I'm taking, I'm either writing papers or I'm doing homework problems or, and I'm listening to lectures. And my history lectures are more like, they're more like they're telling you a story. One of my teachers taught me that a good history lecture is more like an argument that you're trying to make. And so really you're listening for what's the central point they're trying to bring out. Whereas chemistry, it's like, okay, we have a formula, we have this, we have, you know. And so it's more, for me, it's, it is a lot of work and I have set myself up for a lot of work but I wouldn't be doing it, but I didn't enjoy it. So. Mm -hmm. I, and our next question was going to be, how do those specifically relate to each other? How do you work with them both? Well, the history of science is a thing that people are interested in. Like it's a field that people are interested in. Um, the science of history is not so much <laughs> of a, um, of a common topic for me. They relate because I think that being a history major and a chemistry major, both require a lot of attention to detail and a lot of um, just, it's, it's about being careful and it's about um, asking why. Chemists, chemists and historians are both interested in why, you know, but it's just like, what are we putting our focus on kind of thing? And so I don't see a disconnect between them. I think that they are, um, go well together as a pair. That's great. I love when students make those connections. When I talk to students who are interested in totally opposite things and we get on the conversation and, you know, we're talking saying they're actually not that different, you know, even though they seem that different, I promise they're not. Everything goes hand in hand because in the real world, everything works together. So you did a really good job of explaining those. What do you want to do after graduation with these majors? Because you say they both appeal to both sides of your brain. So how do you want to um, manifest this into a career or a graduate program? So my next step is going to be a master's in public health degree. Um, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going to go, but that's my next, I've been accepted to a couple. So that's my next step. And I think that public health is, we've all seen over the last year, how important it is to like having our society run as it's supposed to, but it's, a combination of science and of like looking at data and looking at numbers and saying there's been 500 cases in this area or whatever but it's all you have to remember it's all people and it's all people's lives and I was just on a class right before this where we're talking to a public health epidemiologist in Massachusetts and she talked about how she gets phone calls from the staff at the long-term care facility that say this is how many people died, but they also know who they are. But it's also been living there for five years. And so it's like, it's a combination of the science and the personal approach to it. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's very interesting. I wanted to ask you, what do you like most about each um, major specifically? So for chemistry, we have all of our um, gen chem one and two that you take your freshman year and organic one and two that you take sophomore year those classes are only with chemistry majors. So there's like 30 people in each one of those. You know everyone. It's the same people you see every, you know, three or four times a week. Excuse me. Your lab partner is going to also be a chemistry major <laughs> and is going to care about having the reaction go well. Um, and so it just means that I've had a connection with the same core group of people for like four years now, which is really special to me that, and um, you can ask, you know, you can ask for help from your from your fellow majors and they know what's going on because they were in the class that you that you were into. And we also have great um, 
involvement activities with chemistry. Like we have the student members of the American Chemical Society. So we do community outreach. We do, um, we did an escape room one time for the community and it's all to raise money and um, teach more people about chemistry. And then for history, my favorite thing is just the crazy and interesting classes that I've been able to take as a history major. Um, history in college is not about names and dates. You need to know that George Washington was the first president. Good thing to know. Yeah. But it's not all about memorizing the presidents or memorizing all these, these different things. It's about looking at themes. And it's about looking about how things changed over time, how they stayed the same. And so like one of my favorite classes I've ever taken was US food history with Dr. Jim Geeson. And he wrote a book about that. And then he taught a class on it. It was a special topics class my sophomore year. And it's, so it's like, what, it's kind of like, what can we apply the tools of history to? What kind of, what, what kind of thing can we learn more about if we look at it through historical lens? And so that's, was super interesting. I've also gotten to take history of modern Germany. I've gotten to take um, 19th century Europe. I enjoyed that class. Um, a class about the history of the, of the Mississippi Delta. And that, and that's like a, I'm from Mississippi. So that's a region that you have heard about, but I'm not from there. I didn't know a lot about. And so it gives you a context on the places that you already think you know. And the, like, you know, you think you know what American food is too, but it gives you a lot of context in which you, what you thought you knew about before. That's so interesting. You're making me want to go back and take some classes. <laughs> <laughs> what would you, what's, what specific advice would you give a student who is thinking about double majoring, but might be a little hesitant to do what you've done and take these opposite but similar areas? What advice would you give those students? The first thing I would say is that it's one class at a time and you get your, you get your major and your degrees at the end. So if you, you can do anything you want to do in your four years, um, and if you come out with this double major, that's great. You know, and so it's like, it's a lot, it's not like you're signing your name in blood on a parchment contract. <laughs> it's a lot more, it's a lot more casual than that. But then also I would say that if you want a double major, you need to become best friends with your cap compliance because probably no one else, probably very few people or no one else is going to be doing the same path that you're on. And so you have to become the expert in your own plan. Because for example, I have a chemistry advisor and a history advisor. They're both very nice. They know a lot about their fields. Excuse me. They know a lot about their fields and they can help you out with getting your chemistry, taking care of your history. You are the, you are the only point of contact between those two people though. And so you're in charge of your own destiny, which is true on a rate on a one degree, but it's especially true for double major. You're in charge, you have to make sure that you know your own requirements because you can't expect the chemistry professor to know every major off the top of their head. So anything is possible. You have to be in charge of your own fate. And then I would also say, don't be afraid of summer classes. Um, I love school. I love summer classes. <laughs> um, and I'm graduating with about 200 hours of credit from MSU. I came in with a lot of hours from undergrad or from high school. I came in with a lot of hours from high school, but then every summer I would take one or two classes on something that I may have not had time for in the, in the regular semester, but like for three weeks of May, you know, you don't have anything you want to. 
So if that's an option for you, it helped me um, space out my class a little bit more. That's some great advice. I um, specifically like what you said about taking things one step at a time. Like um, every, everybody's path to getting their degree is different. And for those of you who don't know what a CAP compliance is, it's basically something that you can look at through your student account to see what classes that you've taken and what you still have left to take. And a lot of times when you meet with your advisor, you look over that CAP compliance. But specifically what you said, Meg, about you being in charge of your own destiny, that is so, so important. When you're a double major, single major, you have a minor, whatever, just as a college student, that is very important. Um, and something else that we talk about is the importance of reaching out to your advisor or faculty and staff, people that can be helpful for you. And, um, because a, a lot of times it, it takes you taking the initiative, and we talk about that all the time, about how you have these opportunities, but you just have to reach out and take them. And it seems, Meg, that you have taken full advantage of the opportunities that you've been given. So we wanted to talk more about how you're able to manage school, maybe work and involvement. How do you manage to do all of that? There's a lot of things I'll tell you at orientation or at Academic Insight or any other preview day that you're like, that was really actually good advice. <laughs> like now I'm still thinking about that and I'm a senior. Um, somebody told me and my mom freshman year or before that, that when you're in college, you're juggling a lot of different balls and you have to keep juggling them, but you have to realize over time, which ones are glass and which ones are rubber. So if you drop one, which one's gonna break and which one's gonna bounce. And so you have to try your best to hold on to the ones that are not gonna come back, which is really your schoolwork. A lot of other things, you know, your relationships to your friends or your involvement, you can put them down for a second just to focus and then put them back up again. You won't lose them forever because everyone knows that you're human. Um, and so I was, so I always make school my number one priority, but then I try to give 110% of myself in school and in my activities. So it does, it does like pose a problem. I, school is what we're here for. So that's my number one. And last, last year I served as director of scholarship for Pan, for Panamanian Consec. And so in that position, like me going to school, me going to class, doing everything, doing my homework, like that's the most important part of that position. So I think a lot of being involved is like being a role model. And so school becomes the most important thing. Um, I would say, this is a, this is just a piece of advice. I would say that for me, um, I can only do one all night or a week or less <laughs> or fewer. Um, and so you really have to know yourself and know your own limits, but it's, you learn that over time and it's okay if you're not perfect at that your first semester because nobody is. Um, but over, and, and I also know that I cannot um, say, okay, I'm going to get up early in the morning and do that homework that I uh, left behind because there's no possible way and I've done I've said that you know 47 times over my college <laughs> career and then it's never worked out <laughs> so um it's all about knowing yourself knowing your own limits and it's also okay to mess up and try again that is some wonderful advice amazing I hope everybody takes it and I, I've learned something I'm gonna I need to use some of the things you said that's what I need to pass on to students <laughs> You talked about your time in the classroom. What are some things you do outside of the classroom? What are some clubs you're involved in, which you did mention, you know, the College of Arts and Sciences Ambassadors. Talk a little bit more about what you do outside the classroom and then just things you do for fun. 
So one of the clubs that is really related to my major that I think is awesome and a lot of people should, a lot more people should know about is SMACS, which is the student members of the American Chemical Society. And it's like, you know, $10 a semester, $10 a year to join. But we do, there's a lot of mentorship that comes to that, per, comes to that club as far as like advisors or advisors from the Health Resources Center or advisor, you know, mentors from um, industrial jobs, people that come talk to us about what it's like to be a chemist or be in a chemistry job. And then we also do community outreach. We do, you know, lab experiments for kids in elementary school. Normally, not in a COVID year, we didn't get to, but, you know, we normally get to go out and tell people about chemistry. Both of my majors, this is something that I think is interesting, are, are subjects that people say, oh, I'm terrible at that. <laughs> oh, ugh, I hate it. I'm terrible at that. And so it's interesting to me. I think the more that you can get out and tell kids about chemistry, like, it undergirds our whole life and I think that's and so does history everything's amazing I think it's just great you know getting to get out in the community and say chemistry is not scary it's interesting you can learn about your world um so that's a really cool part of being in this max club um I also for three semesters in college I delivered newspapers for the reflector so on Tuesdays and Fridays from 4 to 6 a.m I would get out in my car and go pick up like 800 newspapers <laughs> and roll them into bundles and throw them out of my car around town. So um, nice work if you can get it. <laughs> um, so just to say there's a lot of opportunities to do things that you're like, I never thought I'd be a newspaper delivery person, but you know, it's an opportunity. Um, and then there's always just talks like there's always that's what that's what college is about. Um, there's always talks on campus and things that you can go hear people, you know, an interview with a scholar from another school or this person talking to me about, yesterday I went to an anthropology talk about um, his archaeology work in these houses in Georgia, these like pre-Columbian house, like 1500 houses in Georgia. You know, so there's a lot of opportunity to do things that expand your knowledge outside the classroom. And that's one of the best things that there is about MSU. Um, other than that, at, at, other than that, just when I'm by myself, I like to knit. I'm a really, I've been knitting since seventh grade. Um, so I knit, I quilt, I sew clothes, I cook, I bake. That's, I think that's it. I loved, and I love to watch movies and TV. I watch like, if you might, you're like, have you seen that movie? Yes, I have. <laughs> uh, I saw this movie on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I did too. I saw that one. I have an opinion about it. Um, so. Well, you say, well, that's about it. That's a lot. <laughs> goes on and on. <laughs> um, Those are awesome. That I feel like you gave a great segue talking about just what you've done. Uh, I wanted to ask you specifically, I just, I keep thinking of things as you're talking. Uh, what's your favorite thing about MSU or your favorite opportunity that you've been given? Because it seems like you've been given a lot or you, you've worked for a lot. So what would be your favorite? Halfway through, halfway through sophomore year, um, I was interviewing for my next position in my sorority. And I had served as in a position the year before. And this next year, um, I was applying for an exec position. That's kind of like a membership education, you know, doing different programs, stuff like that. Kind of because I felt like I had to. And like, it was the next step in my 
in my career. And I got, it's like, I, I didn't really feel super excited about it, but I felt like I had to. And then, and I did that interview. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then I got back the nomination um, committee's report and it was like, my name wasn't on the list. And I was like, oh no, this is a nightmare. Like, oh, everything's ruined. And I didn't get elected to a position that year in my sorority. And I, you know, was pretty broken up about it. Even though looking back, I'm like, I wasn't even excited to do that job. And it was going to take a lot of work out of me. So why was I, why did I want to do that? But I was able, because I didn't have any other commitments, I was able to um, try out for Gamma Chi, which is our recruitment counselor position at MSU um, in March of that year. And serve as a Gamma Chi that fall. And I was able to serve as a Gamma Chi that fall, um, which is kind of a short-term position, but Gamma Chi led me to Pan Exec. And so that's the, that's the opportunity that I'm most, so that's the opportunity that I'm most proud of at MSU is being able to be on Pan Exec. And the only way that I got to that position is by having a moment in my past where it was like heartbroken that I didn't get a position on my sorority um, exec board. So I was able to, um, like that failure left a, left a hole for me to grow into. And so I'm really, really proud that that happened and that um, somehow I was able to have the foresight <laughs> to say the Gamma Chi is going to be a great opportunity for me. Um, and I'm, that's the thing I'm most proud of here. That's great. That's an awesome story. And I'm so glad you told it because people need to hear that, especially students who come into college and they have been told make the most of it, get involved. But then you also forget the side that sometimes you don't always make the club or the organization that you want to be in. And I forget that until you were just talking. And I think, wow, yeah, that is the other side mm -hmm. to trying to get involved, but just keep trying. Something might not work out for you, but just like you, something greater came along. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Switching, well, going back to the academic side of things, I know that you are working on getting the medical humanities certificate. So tell us what that is and tell us the benefit that you think getting that certificate brings to students. Sure. Um, I was actually at a CASA meeting junior year when we were talking through the majors and minors that are offered through the college because it's good to help us, you know, know what all the options are. And Hannah brought up the medical humanity certificate and I said, oh wait, there's a what? What can I do? What's the thing that I can do? Um, because I knew I was gonna, you know, love it. So the medical humanity certificate is a 15 hour interdisciplinary program where you take US history of medicine and medical ethics and then you take three other classes that focus on the relationship between health and humanities or science people or science and people, which is actually what I'm already interested in. You know, that's already kind of what I was, what I was, I was like, I'm literally building my own medical humanities program before you guys even told me this is an option. Um, so after, after your two required courses, you can take three from this list, this big list of other options. So I took health psychology and plagues and people. I took health psychology, plagues and people, which is an anthropology course. And right now I'm in biology and culture, which is another anthropology course um, that I'm really, really enjoying. So it's very flexible for what you wanna do. 
but it also leaves everyone with a greater understanding of how medicine's really not just about like biochemistry and biochemistry is crucial, right? But it's also about your bedside manner because the best doctors in the world are not the ones that are like, hello, here I am, I'm gonna die. Like that's not the kind of doctor you want. And so we're all gonna be better people if we have a little bit of the humanities to go along with the science that we've been taught in school as well. So um, I think that I have a lot of friends that are doing the program and I think that it's a really, really good way to see something different if you're a hard sciences major. Thank you. You explained that very well. And just to reiterate, the Medical Humanities Certificate is a thing at MSU that undergraduates can get. A lot of undergraduate institutions don't offer a Medical Humanities Certificate. They are preparing you to go into medical school by teaching you the science background. And we definitely do that at Mississippi State through our pre-health concentrations but we have that medical humanity certificate that our undergrad students can get. And a lot of times those certificates aren't available to students until they actually get into their medical program. And the medical humanity certificate is not just for students going to medical school. These could be, anybody can get their certificate. And like Meg said, learning the other side of medicine, learning what it means to be a doctor and to take care of people, that is so important because that is half of the job. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Meg. I, um, I, I feel like we've covered this because you've given so many just a great pieces of advice just talking. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I like that. I'm going to use that for myself. <laughs> but um, just to come to a close, do you have any lasting piece of advice that you would give to current or prospective students of MSU? So I'm going to give a silly one and then one that I think really will serve you really, really well. So my tradition, so my birthday is during final is during spring finals. It's the April 27th, which means that I always have to take a final or study on my birthday. Right. But wrong. I always take a day off during finals, the week of finals. I figure out a day. It might be, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whatever it is, a finals week, whole day, day off, go to the movie theater, go out of town, go to a fancy restaurant, you know, stay in the bed all day, whatever you want to do. I really do take a whole day off and set it, you know, set aside time on either side to make up for it. Um, it reminds me that I do school, but I'm not my performance in school. That's not like what makes me who I am. And um, it's, it's the best. So I hope that somebody can continues that tradition when I'm not here anymore. And I hope that's the legacy I get to leave behind. And it works fall or spring, you know, take a day off, go somewhere, go bowling, get your nails done, whatever you want to do, take a day off during finals. Um, my other piece of advice is to make your work times work times and your rest times rest times. Because I think in college, it's easy to fall in the trap of spending 24 hours a day playing on your phone, worried about school or not sleeping because you're worried about school, but then when you're working, you're not really working. And so it just helps, it helps you keep your day straight. My mom would always say, don't get your days and nights mixed up. So don't get your days and nights mixed up. Work when you're working and you'll have more time to do fun stuff on the outside. And I think that if you do that, you'll, you won't regret it. That's great advice for anybody. I totally agree with the take a day off, do what's best for you, 
that's Meg. We were talking the other day. She said she watches a lot of TV movies. We were talking about New Girl, Parts and Rec. Favorite part of Parts and Rec is treat yourself. And <laughs> take a day, one day a year, and treat yourself. So great advice for anybody. <laughs> Oh, amazing advice. I, like I said, I've been listening. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take myself <laughs> Meg, for being a part of the podcast and thank you all for listening. And we will see you guys for episode 12.